Big controversy on deck for today's show on a very important issue we all need to pay more attention to. Should it be more expensive for brokers to try to get their broker check records tied to customer disputes expunged? Plus the results of our latest Money Friends poll and so much more on this episode of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you from my mom's half-finished basement outside of Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihai. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break them down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Big thanks to Joust for supporting Money with Friends. Joust is the nation's only all-inclusive banking platform for the self-employed. PayArmor, their awesome, awesome, I added to this, Bobby, invoice payment guarantee product supports the 71% of the gig economy workforce that sometimes doesn't get paid. You can sign up for Joust for free at try.joust.com forward slash MWF and enter promo code MONEYWITHFRIENDS and you'll get $100 in credits. That's try.j com slash MWF. If, if you have a side business uh, or you have a big business, we were talking about this with George from Joust the other day about all of us on the call. Everybody on the call had gone through non-payment before where some companies goes, yeah, we're not paying you. Yeah. And what do you do well, if you rely on that income? I have never had somebody say that they won't pay me, but they say it's coming, but there's always a lot of red tape and yeah. well, and, and it's never really the person that you're dealing with. They're always sort of on your side fighting for you. But meanwhile, you know, it's some bad guys that they're pointing to the, this department or that department. And there's all kinds of red tape and you have to get into this system and use this code and you need to get it, this code for the job you did. And it just, they don't make it easy. Yeah. Their pay armor system is so cool. It's a, it's a, a great product. We'll talk about that more today. What we're going to talk about progress, though, progress, Joe. Yeah, today what we're going to talk about is something that, uh, as a former industry insider, I sent this to Bobby because man, does it make me angry? This whole thing makes me angry. And the bad news is most of us don't know anything about how this stuff works. We're going to go behind the curtain today a little bit about some of the stuff happening in broker and financial advisor world. But first, let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Lacey from the Military Money Show. Money headlines explain six days a week. That can only mean you are tuned in to Money with Friends. All right. I'm ready. I am... I am. Uh, a little hot about this. Uh, this comes to us from Investment News, uh, industry rag for brokers, financial planners, financial advisors, and it's written by Mark Schaff Jr. The piece reads, FINRA seeks minimum expungement fees of several thousand dollars. Uh, FINRA, which is, by the way, they are the, uh, they're kind of like the sheriff when it comes to financial advisors, uh, brokers. They, they police, um, they police, uh, financial advisors to make sure that they're doing the right thing. So they have a thing called broker check. And broker check is a place where you can go to find out if your broker has had complaints against them. As an example, so just before you get into the piece so that you understand what the deal is here. When I was a financial planner, which was for 16 years, I had one complaint on broker check. I haven't searched it recently to see if it's still there. I'm not sure how long it lasts, but but the 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 
when a complaint goes on broker check, anybody can see that there's been a complaint against that person. So that is, that's doesn't what, mean that it was valid. Doesn't mean it was va- valid. And I could talk all day about mine, but it was really cool when once a client came to me and said, Hey, we checked your broker check record and you had this complaint against you. Tell me about that. And it was a really nice opportunity for us to talk back and forth about how I work. And it was really cool that they did do their due diligence. And by the way, those people ended up hiring me, which was which was cool. But um, we're not talking about people with one problem with their broker check record here, Bobby. I'm telling you, because you and I or 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 me and one of our, our uh, thought leaders about six months ago did a story about this. The people that are trying to have their record expunged right now are people with 20 and 30 problems on their record and they have this history of complaints so anyway let's get into the piece that's what this piece is all about finra is is proposing to assess minimum fees of several thousand dollars on brokers and firms involved in arbitration to clear brokers records of customer disputes a step that an investor advocate says doesn't go far enough to stop expungement abuses in a rule proposal filed last Friday with the Securities and Exchange Commission, that, by the way, is nine days ago, not uh, just a, a few days ago, uh, the F- Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, Inc., said is trying to eliminate a procedural maneuver that allows brokers to request minimal damages, usually $1, when making an expungement request. By using the so-called $1 trick... A broker can reduce the arbitration fees assessed to the broker and the member firm linked to the request from $9,475 to $300, according to the proposal. The $1 damages request also ensures that only one arbitrator, rather than the usual panel of three, will preside over the expungement proceedings. Having three Arbiters available to ask questions and request evidence would help ensure that a complete factual record is developed to support the arbitrator's decision at such expungement hearings, the proposal says. FINRA is proposing to apply a minimum filing fee for expungement requests, whether they are made during a customer dispute arbitration or come as an ex- as an expungement-only request from a broker. Under the proposal, a minimum process fee and member surcharge as well as a minimum hearing session fee, would apply to expungement-only requests. Altogether, the fees could add up to $8,350 or more. The higher fees would also ensure that expungement requests would be heard by three arbitrators. The FINRA proposal doesn't go nearly far enough to satisfy Lisa Braganka, a Chicago securities attorney. She is the co-author of, quote, of the book, Public Investors Arbitration Bar Association Foundation Study. I'm sorry, not a book. It's clearly a study. The Public Investors Arbitration Bar Association Foundation Study last year that asserted that FINRA arbitrators grant so many expungements, allowing brokers to remove customer disputes from their broker check records, that the public database should be shut down. Wow. Among the report's recommendations is that expungement decisions be handled by regulators rather than arbitrators. Rather than attacking the problem head-on, FINRA is nipping and tucking, she said. Quote, instead of eliminating expungement through dispute resolution, they have chosen to eliminate expungement for a dollar, she said. We're so grateful that FINRA has responded to our report by choosing to maximize its own (laughs) income rather than solving the problem. In other words, all they did is charge more. They're not changing anything material is what she's saying. Michelle Ong, a FINRA spokesperson, 
said more expungement reform is on its way. In other words, we're not done yet. Don't worry. This proposal is just one of several initiatives that FINRA's board has approved for filing with the SEC, Ms. Ong said. Other initiatives include a codification of expanded expungement guidance for arbitrators and another that would create a special roster of expungement arbitrators with enhanced training and experience. Rick Ryder, president of the Securities Arbitration Commentator, said doing away with a $1 damage request is just the first step in FINRA's overhaul of the expungement process. Uh, the number of expungement requests has skyrocketed in the last few years. Listen to how many of these bad, bad actors are so onto this. From 1,400 in 2016 to 1,936 in 2018 and 688 during the first half of 2019, the total number of FINRA arbitration cases each year is about 3,500. Uh, expungements granted far too often, investor advocates say. So uh, here's what's happening. People get a bunch of bad stuff on their on their uh, FINRA broker check report. They play this game to so that they don't have to pay a lot of money and they get their record wiped out. And that's the way it works right now. So for the past several years, we've been telling people to go to broker check. And many of the bad actors are just wiping the slate clean and continually doing it again. Well, how does it exactly work? Because I didn't know. I mean, what's the point? If you can just get it expunged, what's the point? I didn't even know. Like, forget about the dollar amount. Like, what does it show then? I I don't really understand. How is it that they get, is the expungement after an appeal where they plead their case and say the client was wrong? It is. The complaint was not valid. So they do have to have it. They have to make their case and win, in other words. It is. it's sort of an appeals process. Yes. Everyone is entitled to an appeal, I think. That I don't agree. I don't disagree with, right? Maybe sometimes they're right. I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, at first blush, I thought, you know, why doesn't this work like Yelp? Because on Yelp, if a restaurant gets a bad review, the owner can go on and, and, and put something underneath that about the bad review, right? But you could also make the case that these are, these are not just one little restaurant that's being bothered. Don't get me wrong. It's somebody's paycheck either way and somebody's livelihood, their business. But I could totally see these financial firms just putting bad stuff on their competitors' uh, sites all day long. Like they would totally do that. This is what, that's what they do for fun. So I think think that um, I think you can't do that. So there has to be a process. But you look at the number of people where that process isn't working, where so many people are getting it erased. Like, I love the fact that these people can appeal, but we've got this many people that are getting their records erased. You go, I think the process isn't working the way that it should. Yeah, I, I think so. I think something needs to be fixed. And the truth is they're acknowledging it. They're making it a higher bar. So if it does cost more, I think that they will only, uh, I would hope they'll, it's a, it's an incentive to only appeal or a motivation to only appeal. If you really think you were in the wrong that, I mean, that you were wronged by your client, that if you're maybe know that you kind of did wrong, you may not appeal and you may just live with it. I don't, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, this is not my world really. I don't know. My it's friend, tricky. my tricky. My friend, and I think you know this gentleman too, Nick Clements, uh, who uh, created, uh, uh, he and uh, Brian Karmazad created Magnify Money, which is a sponsor on our Stacking Benjamins podcast. Uh, what I always liked when I talked to Nick, uh, Nick would always talk about how when he was working for these credit card companies, they actually had a line in their budget, Bobby, which I don't remember the euphemism he used, but it was basically fees and fines they were going to pay because they knowingly were breaking the rules. It was part of the game. 
so, so, so bad. It's horrible. Oh God, that's terrible. And <gasps> and so you think about the fact everybody knows credit cards are not your best friend, right? But if you've got these bad actor quote advisors, the worst of the worst go, yeah, I just pay X amount of money and I get it expunged and I just keep going. I just keep Yeah, not I, I, this is this is not great news and it undermines if if broker check doesn't work it makes it so that we don't have any recourse as uh investors um beyond beyond you know complaining to the company i mean don't get me wrong you might sign some arbitration clauses with the company but but i would love to know ahead of time what i might be getting into and it also keeps brokers in check from doing this in the first place mm-hmm. but if i can have it no, expunged yeah, not not good. Yeah, I mean, you don't want it to just be thought of, as you said, basically as a cost of doing business. Right. We did put this out to our Instagram uh, friends. Our handle for everyone is at MoneyFriendsPods. We'd love for you guys to participate. We asked them, should advisors be able to go to arbitration and ask to expunge their broker check record for a price? I would bet our audience says no. What percentage? How strongly did our audience feel about this? It, I will tell you that is correct. I think it's at least 90. Oh, you're good. You are so good, Joe. 94%. Bam. I was surprised it wasn't 100%, to be honest with you. I agree with them. Yeah. Just the fact that I, this I, can happen. Said, no, but whatever. Yes. And to your point, yeah. Bobby, you're the one that brought it up, and I totally agree. It has to happen. Ha- they have to have some recourse because... Um, they have to be able to make their case somehow. Either they have to have a Yelp style thing where they can put a line item about their side of the story, or they have to be able to have an arbitration to maybe get it expunged. Something's got to happen. But the fact that it's tied to money now, oh boy. Yeah. Because also if someone is wrongly accused, you know, sometimes a client may not understand something. They may not understand why um, an advisor told you something and it could be perfectly good advice. And there could be, there are complaints that aren't valid or, it just, we're human. It happens sometimes. And so you should, if you're a financial advisor, have recourse, an appeals process, but maybe it's that you pay for it only if you lose. I don't know. I don't know what, what the solution is. Clearly they're struggling with it as well. I, I'll tell you about my, my broker check complaint. I had a client that was being, uh, being, um, taken advantage of on annuities by another advisor with the same company that I was with. And when when the when the clients um when the client's stuff went from I became their advisor after the other advisor retired and I saw that this client had been ripped off, I started I I recommended and I actually started a complaint process with the company saying I want my client to get this stuff back. My client went to an attorney and the attorney told them to file a broker check complaint against the old advisor and against me. And I'm the one that pointed it out. I'm the one that started the process. But, but you know what, what was sad though, Bobby, so few people at that time knew what broker check was. I didn't, I, I just didn't work. I mean, I was angry. I was frustrated. My, my client uh, called me later on and said, Hey, I need to talk to you about some strategy. I'm like, I can't talk to you about a strategy. You, you just filed a complaint against me on broker check. And they go, well, uh, well, we were told to do that, but we still need to, we still need you as our financial planner. No, (laughs) no, No. you can't complain about me on broker check and me be your right hand man. It can't happen. So 
Uh, yeah. Did you ever even try? Did you, was expungement even an option at the time? Was I, that something that was available? You know, it's funny. I just thought it was the lay of the land. I didn't. I didn't even yeah. go to an attorney. I didn't do anything. I said, "Well, this sucks. This absolutely sucks." Yeah. And it and it did suck. But but you yeah. know what? If I thought that this will be my only one, and it ended up being my only one. So live and learn. Anyway, let's uh, let's do our big takeaway from today's piece. And before we do that, just got to say a little bit about Joust because, you know, Bobby and I both a little uh, get, speaking about stuff we get emotional about, we get emotional about making sure as business people, we get paid on time. And sometimes you don't get paid on time. And if there's a way to integrate our business banking with something that helps us ensure that if we're not being paid on time, that we can still make sure that payroll for the people that, rely on us for money. Those people get paid and our suppliers get paid. Well, we like that. And that's why we like Joust. Joust is, uh, is a company that helps people, whether they've just started their own business or they're somebody that's been in business for a long time, whether it's a side passion project and you weren't sure where to begin or you're somebody that's been rolling for a while and you just get frustrated from time to time because people are slow to pay. Ensuring a steady income will always be one of the first things you think of and could be the reason why you don't eventually take the leap toward entrepreneurship for some of you. But Joust is the nation's only all-inclusive banking platform for the self-employed. Business banking can feel complicated, but Joust makes it easy. Pay Armor, Joust invoice payment guarantee products supports the 71% of us in the gig economy workforce that experience non-payment. You can sign up for Joust for free at try.joust.com forward slash MWF and enter promo code money with friends. You'll get $100 off in credits. That's try.joust.com slash MWF for money with friends. Big thanks to them. All right, Bobby. What's our takeaway here? My takeaway, first of all, thank you for bringing the story, Joe. I think it's an important story that we all learn more about how this all works. Anything that keeps brokers doing the right thing or incentivized to do the right thing is a good thing. So whether it's making it hurt a little bit more on the wallet or some other hurdle to make it harder to erase bad stuff, it is a move in the right direction. More important, educating people to check on those who call themselves financial advisors and who say that they are acting in our best interest, but maybe, maybe not. Um, this is a good thing for people to know about before handing over their money. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. Uh, my takeaway is this. Jack Welch, the gentleman who ran uh, General Electric into the 80s and 90s, into the early 2000s, had a quote which was, accept reality the way it is, not the way you hope it were or wish it was. Reality here is that we might not be able to rely on broker check. And when I think about that, I think, you know what? When you're hiring a financial advisor it still comes back to your ability to interview people to help you. So you need to visit as many sites as you can that ask great questions of advisors. And it's not just how are you paid, which is what I see a lot of the popular press focuses on. I think that's easy. I think the harder thing is what are you going to do for me and then how are you paid? And how how do you show me as much of the process as possible? The more you dig in, the more you dig in, the harder it's going to be for somebody to do the wrong thing while they're in your corner. Um, I, I, I think this, Bobby, just comes back to buyer beware at this point. It's yeah, horrible. That's very well said. True with so many things, but especially with this, this is something we tend to just 
want to trust people. I just read a book by Malcolm Gladwell called Talking to Strangers. And I thought it would be advice about how to talk to strangers, but it's not. It's about the fact that we often have a trust bias, that we often assume people are telling us the truth and people are very good at being untruthful. And we think we can detect it. We think we have sort of a BS meter, but most of us don't. And we're afraid to ask. I mean, you know, look at Bernie Madoff. They get away with it. Because they're just good at lying. More people are good at lying than you realize. We're afraid to ask the questions that are in the back of our head. We think they're going to upset the apple cart, or maybe it's a stupid question. Man, in this case, especially, ask all those questions. So important. Bobby, where can people help us make the show on Instagram? At MoneyFriendsPod is our handle, actually on both Instagram and on Twitter. So please, please join us in both places. This week, you'll find both Bobby and I with some of our thought leaders recording on the Stacking Benjamins Facebook channel. Join us there at facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins or join us back here on YouTube. Uh, We're reliably here on Thursday, by the way, at this point. So join us over here. Go to Money with Friends. uh, Go to YouTube.com. Then go to Money with Friends. Just type that in. You'll find our artwork. Click on us and then you'll get a notification when we go live, which is usually um, uh, late morning. We're not doing it late morning today on Thursday, but most of the time it's late morning on Thursday. All right. That's yes. going to do it for today. I'm Baffa Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see, Bobby, we'll see you again tomorrow. Who's with you tomorrow, Bobby? Who is with me tomorrow? Oh, it's Dr. Brad Klontz. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> How could you forget? A financial psychologist. <laughs> we're we're yes. about to talk behavior. Yes. Yes. Good times yes. tomorrow. And we're going to be talking about debt and marriage and whether people put off marriage to until uh, they get their debt under control. Oh, sounds... Surprising uh, findings. Lots of data about this. Sounds like a uh, light topic. I didn't expect to see... Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's light topic. I don't know. It's a good topic. I think it's a great... Dr. Brad had a lot of stuff to say about the psychology of this. Oh, yeah. Great topic. We'll dig in on that one tomorrow. We'll see everybody tomorrow back here at Money with Friends. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.